Civil Government, Its Origin, Mission, and Destiny, and the Christian's Relation to It, by David Lipscomb. Chapter 3, Summary and Objections Considered. We directed attention in the first chapter on this subject to the fact that civil or human government originated among the rebellious and was the embodied effort of man to live free from the control and government of God, and that the whole of the Old Testament history is a record of the establishment and perpetuation by God of a government of His own whose mission was to destroy these earthly governments and to bring all people to submit to this His own government. It is said that human government, quote, is a part of man's nature. God, in creating man with his peculiar nature, became by that act the author of civil government. Unquote. It grew out of man's nature only after that nature had been perverted to the service and brought under the dominion and corrupting influences of the evil one. All the sin and the corruption and the rebellion of the world have come up as a part of and result of the same nature perverted and defiled by the service of the evil one. If God, by creating man, became the author of all that has grown up out of his perverted and corrupted nature, he then is the author of all the sin and rebellion of the world. The truth is, man's nature was defiled and his whole being corrupted by sin. Out of this corrupted nature has grown the evils of the universe. All the institutions and evil influence of earth have sprung from this polluted foundation. All the institutions that grew out of this sinful foundation are necessarily evil. A depraved human nature can produce only corrupt and sinful institutions. It, acting in and through these institutions, is more and more defiled by them. Hence, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. All the institutions of God have been established with a view of counteracting and destroying these productions of a corrupted human nature, and of cleansing and purifying that nature itself, that it may be fitted for service in the divine institutions, and that it may cease to be a prolific source of evil plans. The fact that human government is an outgrowth of perverted human nature is a sure guarantee that its essential elements are evil and that it is founded in a spirit of rebellion against God, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. The carnal natural mind, before it is brought into harmony with the will of God by the regenerative power of the Holy Spirit by the implanting of the divine seed, cannot be subject to the will of God and can produce no fruit acceptable to God. All the dealings of God with man, all the messengers and messages that God has sent to man, were intended to implant the word of God in the heart of men and so change that heart from its rebellious spirit and life and so eradicate and destroy the institutions and influences of earth that have grown out of that polluted soil as to make the heart and the life flowing out of that heart pure and holy and to build up institutions in which God's spirit would dwell and that the nature of man once purified in these divine institutions might find an atmosphere of purity and love in which man could develop a life in spiritual strength and holiness, and that his life might bear as fruits the graces so helpful to man and pleasing to God. Verily, the truth that human government is an outgrowth of human nature is no evidence that God is its author, or that it is pleasing to God, or that the children of God should sustain, support, perpetuate it, and drink into its spirit. But just the contrary. 
it not only originated among the rebellious, but God from the beginning treated it as an outgrowth and development of rebellion against him, and its authors and supporters as his enemies. God did not tolerate affiliation or affinity between the divine and the human, nor between the subjects of the one and those of the other, and that prophetically this conflict, irrepressible and uncompromising, was projected into the future, and extended to the limits of the world. The earthly kingdoms that had the impress of their builder, man, upon them were one and all to be broken in pieces and consumed by the kingdom which the God of heaven shall set up and which shall fill the whole earth and stand forever. In this old dispensation the conflict was between the subordinates, the servants of God and the subjects of the evil one. But in the new, Jesus Christ, who had undertaken to rescue the world and the devil, meet in fierce personal conflict. In accord with this, the kingdoms of the world, both by the devil and by Christ Jesus, are declared to be the possession of the devil and in his hands, to be dispersed of as he saw fit. Christ had come specifically to rescue the world from this rule of the evil one, and to destroy all institutions that had grown up under his care, and to bring the world back to the dominion of God the Father, and to restore it to harmonious relations with the entire universe ruled over by God. Of these conclusions it seems there can be no doubt. Take these truths as the key notes out of the Old and New Testaments, and they are without point or meaning. The end of this conflict is thus described. Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. And when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him, that God may be all and in all. There can be no doubt of the destruction of all that exercises authority, power, or dominion on earth by the reign of Christ. Revelation 11 verse 15 declares as a future consummation of this conflict on earth, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of God and His Christ. Many insist that this means the conquest will be brought about by the conversion of all the people, and the civil governments will then be manned by Christians, and so will be Christian governments by having only Christian rulers and officers. But the declaration was, It shall break in pieces and consume all these, and it shall fill the whole earth and stand forever. These kingdoms were to be broken in pieces and become as the chaff of the summer threshing floor and the wind carried them away that no room was found for them. For God to adapt them and rule through them would be for God to displace the servants of the evil one and in and through the institutions of the evil one to govern the world. God will overrule the kingdoms and governments of the world to the destruction of each other that they may give way for his government, but he could not rule in and exert his dominion through the governments of the evil one. To do so would be to proclaim to the universe the superiority of the institutions of the evil one. Besides, these shall be moved, shall be burned up. Every plant not planted by my heavenly Father shall be rooted up. God overrules these to the destruction of those institutions and the punishment of the people that are not pleasing to Him. But these human governments shall be moved and burned up 
while his kingdom cannot be moved. But with a new heavens and a new earth shall be the dwelling place of the righteous forever.'"